Hi guys and welcome back to my podcast. It's been a long time since I've done a podcast, but I had many, many things going on in my life, as you know. But this week, I am going to be talking about plastic surgery. Now, it's something that divides a lot of people because obviously, Marilyn Monroe, we know, had had plastic surgery and she had it because we know she had it because it came up for auction and showed that she'd had a chin implant, which was a cartilage implant and it faded away and that's what left her with the scar. Um, there's debate on whether she had a nose, her nose done, as we say, but there is certain pictures where you can see at an, an angle that it seems to have been shorter than it was when she was younger. We have no evidence of that. We do know that she went to a plastic surgeon when she thought that she'd broken her nose and he had the opinion that there seemed to have been work on it. But that's debatable. But what we do know is that Marilyn definitely had a chin implant and had something done to the front of her teeth. But it is a divisive subject because some people get really upset when you talk about Marilyn Monroe having surgery because they're anti-surgery or they say she's beautiful as she is. So doing this episode is quite difficult and may divide some of you. But the reason I wanted to do it is because I'm quite open about the fact that I have not had plastic surgery to my face. But what I have had is, I call it baby Botox. And what it is, it's just a slight bit of Botox because I'm 44 years old. And, uh, you know, around the eyes and the face shape, you sometimes need a little bit of what I call maintenance. And people love when I say that. They say, just tell the truth. But the reason I call it maintenance is because I'm not changing my face. I'm trying to maintain what I have. There's been times on the internet where people have said to me, your plastic face, or you've had your nose done, or you've had something. And I will tell you this now, I haven't had my nose done. There's nothing wrong with you if you have had your nose done. But if I could have my nose done, I would. I wouldn't now. But I did go to a surgeon and say, I don't like bits of my nose. Um, I've got what's called a worm nose. So if you look underneath, it's not completely straight. And the plastic surgeon said, there's nothing wrong with your nose. Um, you could put filler in it, you could do this, but it could damage your nose. And, you know, you've had this career and part of it is you and your character. Now I've got to 44 years old, I'm quite happy that I didn't touch my nose to try and look more like Marilyn because I'm not Marilyn. I'm Susie. And as I get older, I'm realizing that and embracing that more. But when I was younger, those insecurities come up to you. And Marilyn Monroe had her chin implanted because she overheard, rumor has it, someone at a party saying that she was chinless. Isn't that horrible? So he sounds like a nice guy. But he said she's chinless. So obviously she wanted to do this and it was in her head. And Marilyn was beautiful, I'm sure, before the chin, chin implant. But this is the thing that women feel pressured of. And a lot of people around, I've seen impersonators that have had so much surgery to look like the celebrity they want to impersonate. And I've also seen people have been so stunning and think I need to change this on my face. And I bet you're one of those people that look at that person and say, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's in their mind. Now, the reason I have some guests today is because I was approached like a lot of influencers by a surgery, uh, aesthetic surgery called SE1 Aesthetics. And they're based right near where I live. And they approached me saying, look, you have a lot of followers. Would you like to come in for a facial or some Botox or something? And, you know, we could work together and collaborate. And a lot of, we, I do a lot of collaborations with people, but 
when people approach me, I've had clothing companies, makeup companies, I look at the products and I think this doesn't really fit with my person. You could take money or you could take freebies, but it doesn't fit with what I morally think is right. And plastic surgery is one of those things that I really don't like to promote to people that are, maybe they're vulnerable. So I said, listen, guys, I'm a bit torn about this. Let me meet you. Now I'm going to say this. I went to meet with them and I was so amazed because here was these couple and they were saying how they turn people away from when people come to them and say they want surgery because they've been inundated now because we live in that world where, you know, you look at pictures like Marilyn Monroe and you think, oh, I want to look like her. Or you look at Kim Kardashian, I want to look like her. And you forget about how beautiful you are. And it's thrown at us, which is why I didn't want to basically tell you guys, look at me, I've just had all this lovely stuff done and you could, because you're not me and I'm not you. So I've invited them on the show to talk about plastic surgery, to talk about what they think Marilyn Monroe might have had. And Marilyn Monroe even said she'd love to grow old and be loyal to the face that she made. Now, I thought that too, and then I hit 40. (laughs) So I was like, "Mm, I like the face that I've made, but maybe I just need a little bit of, you know, a little bit of baby Botox, keep those little muscles at bay from driving in London. And I personally find nothing wrong with that. And I'd like to invite them from SE1 Aesthetics. So introduce yourself, guys. Oh, hi. Thank you for having us. I'm Emma. I'm Lorenzo. And we are SE1 Medical Aesthetics. And thank you so much for inviting us over uh, to your program. And um, I uh, I would like to say something that is very important, very relevant that you mentioned earlier on. It's about symmetry as well, or the way you think your face looks as a teenager or as a young adult. And you think, well, you know, I don't really like it because the other people see this in me. And you believe that the other people people actually are looking at you at all times and uh, and are actually judging you for the way you look, which is not true. It may happen when you are younger uh, because, of course, uh, uh, at that age, um, children and teenagers are slightly uh, filterless, you know, so that when they talk about uh, their mates, they always have to find something that they don't like to tease them. For instance, in my own case, I have a long nose and, and, and it's not straight. And... <laughs> Who cares? I mean, it mattered to me when I was younger, but then as I grew with it and I grew older with it, I actually love it. It's part of me. I would never change it. So this is exactly what we transported into our philosophy for SUA Medical Aesthetics, which is to look at people, find the beauty in them because everyone is beautiful and everyone is beautiful because they're different. And then if someone needs some little improvement, enhancement, augmentation, tweak, definitely. (laughs) We are happy to offer it. But we would never really want to change a person's appearance or looks. Uh, So so it's something we're very careful about. It's it's such a lovely thing to say everyone is beautiful in their own right. But sometimes we don't feel that. So if Marilyn Monroe had heard, that girl's got no chin, she's going to remember that because she's thinking, well, they're saying that it must be true because they said it. So if somebody came into you, so say if I came into you and said, I really don't like my nose, would you say, but you're beautiful and it would work? How is that? Has there been a client that's come into you and said, I'm not happy with something and they don't want to listen to you're beautiful in your own way with your crooked nose or, you know, because it may be true, but it's feeling good. Surgery is about yeah. feeling good, isn't it? I think it's really important. Um, 
This is medical aesthetics as well. So when people come in, we medically assess them. So that's not just talking about, you know, cosmetics, how you look. It's your frame of mind. And we have had many patients that have come in and, you know, chatting to them. The issue that they've got is not going to be fixed regardless. How they how they see themselves is not um, the reality. So we kind of have two arms to the business, actually. There's us and then there's the more of the holistic approach. Uh, and we have a lady, Grace, give her a shout out now. Uh, and she does facials for us. So sometimes we might get someone that comes in and whatever it is they might want, we're just not going to go ahead with that. Because what they need to do is spend some time relaxing um, and just, yeah. Yeah. There are two sides to this, really. There are, as, as you rightly said, uh, people who need some slight improvement or uh, enhancement to some features they would like to enhance in their face. Uh, and uh, that's very important to provide them with this service because, of course, it's something that they would like to feel good about themselves. So what we do is to try to make people feel good about themselves, but without... Uh, overdoing or uh, doing anything that may be risky for the person. So there should be ethics, probity, honesty, and professionalism in that. Because you're a medical uh, that doctor, there is a why, right? Exactly. It's very important that we carry out a consultation. So uh, our consultation process is very lengthy and uh, uh, probably a bit tedious for some uh, who are used to go to a place and get injected straight away there and then. But we go through all aspects of it. We go through an assessment of the person, person's needs, person's wishes. We listen to the person. We take all the time that is needed to listen to the person to discuss what can be achieved, what can not be achieved, and how to overcome the problems together. And uh, we can advise about alternative treatments if needed, which we also provide. We can uh, make a plan together and then take things from there. And with uh, absolute honesty, when we think something is not probably going to uh, uh, fit the needs or the wishes of that individual, we say it. I always say to uh, to, to my patient, Look, I'm not sure we will be able to achieve this. If you want, I'm with you. We can try together. But if you don't like this, uh, if you don't like this, we can um, we can always go back and do something different in future or not repeat it again. So it's very important to be entirely honest on what can be achieved and what can be the consequences. And also explain that sometimes some enhancements, like for instance injections of fillers, uh, last quite a long time. Although we don't use anything that does not dissolve, so all of our products are dissolvable. Uh, of course, they last for some time. So if you don't like the outcome, then it will take some time before you go back to the previous self. Uh, so that needs to be very, uh, very um, importantly uh, discussed during the consultation. So you're in, in business as surgeons to make money. You're not here to like change the world to go. But there is a certain level of care. So if somebody came into you and said, uh, I want my nose filled and you knew there was risk to that because you don't do filler on noses, right? Yeah, and you're I, a medical doctor. and Yeah, I tend not to do that. Uh, although it's a well-established procedure that many of my colleagues do, uh, I don't think um, it's something for me. And uh, uh, I only do what I think is is good and safe in my hands with my training. And, uh, so what can course, go wrong are, when someone does that? Well, there are a lot of little arteries around uh, some areas of our face, especially the nose area, uh, that can be damaged during an injection. And that can lead to necrosis of the tissues, so loss of some tissues, which is a disaster in terms of not only of cosmesis, but also of a medical uh, complication. So uh, it's something that needs to be taken into account when you go through this kind of treatments. There are always potential complications like vascular occlusion because that when the blood vessels are working. This is what I find. This is why I didn't want to do a thing about surgery and say, I've just had this, because this isn't talked about a lot, is it? It's the pitfalls. So yeah. we see... Be, like we see pictures of Kim Kardashian, I'm not just 
pushing her out, but we have to talk about her because she's probably the most famous person that's rebuilt her look. She's, I mean, she's completely different than how she looked before. Um, and we're not saying whether she looks good or bad, but you never see, you see the after effect. You never see the ones that go wrong. Yeah, or, and you also yeah. don't see what can go wrong in the clinic. People can faint. Uh, you know, oh, yes, there are all sorts of. of that. Uh, it's, it's, I don't want to put people off. No, but it's the reality. But, yeah, the reality is it's the medical procedures and it, it's slightly dangerous sometimes. That's so. the reason why you need someone who's medically qualified and trained and certified and also belonging to some regulatory bodies who uh, uh, oversee the whole process and control it, uh, like us, because uh, uh, we definitely uh, need to be prepared to the unexpected. In life, you, in, life in general, you always need to expect the unexpected because, as we know, life changes things change and that happens especially during invasive procedures so even if anything everything is perfect there are no problems foreseen everything is set up perfectly training is in place uh, anything can happen at any time during the treatment during or after the treatment so if you have someone who's qualified to um, to treat the issues that may occur uh, then you're safe if you have someone who is able to give you the, the cosmetic treatment and then unable to help you when you need assistance, if there is any problem or anything going wrong, then you are in trouble. So this is the big difference. Uh, the reason why I would encourage everyone to uh, be sure about what they want, who they obtain it from, and also check always the qualifications, the background, the training of the person who is going you to inject your, something in your Yeah, in which your you have body. at your establishment. When yeah. I was younger, because like I said, I'm 44 years old now, I felt so insecure about being an impersonator, people would automatically pick out the differences between you and an impersonator. So if you're impersonating someone or, you, or you're not impersonating someone, but you want to look like a certain celebrity, I've said it's like the Jennifer Aniston haircut. So with the <laughs> Jennifer Aniston haircut, everybody wanted it, but there's a problem where you don't have the same hair as Jennifer Aniston. You don't have the same thickness or, or texture. Um, what would you say to somebody who's like, oh my God, I'd love Marilyn Monroe's nose or I'd love Kim Kardashian's lips. Or when someone comes in to you, do you, how would you explain that, that either I'm, I'm not a magician, I can't make you look like this celebrity. Um, and how would you know the difference between somebody that needs, because how do you break it to someone that I think you need psychiatric help more than you need surgery? Have you got any backgrounds of like dealing with people like that? Yes, I mean, I deal with that on a daily basis in my practice, also in the NHS and in my other practice as a surgeon. And, uh, um, and it's something that you understand as the conversation goes by. So during the discussion, the consultation, uh, usually uh, we try to dig a bit and, uh, and see whether the person has actually some uh, mental health issues that may have not disclosed to you. Because we always ask uh, to, to fill a form with a disclosure of previous health conditions. You mean that sometimes it's not a lie. It's, I would say it's like forgetting about writing yeah. some yeah. parts of your life. Do you feel insecure? No. And, uh, exactly. A lot of people would, of course, kid would say, I feel absolutely all right. What are you talking about? Uh, however, during the, the discussion, then things come out because we have a really open discussion and which is also a very relaxed discussion. We, we take all of the time it is needed. And is anything of... Uh, 
relating to mental health issues or, uh, or potential uh, risks uh, in terms of outcomes um, uh, transpires from this conversation, then I will always recommend to seek alternative treatments. I would advise actually what treatments uh, to seek. I would recommend counseling if required. You need yeah. to be very, very clear about it and uh, say it openly. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, mental health is about your health and uh, anyone can have a mental health issue and it's absolutely fine. There's not uh, something no, to be judged you. about. It's like having any other uh, disorder or condition. Yes. So absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes things can come out during the procedure as well. So we had... Um, one guy who actually had a particular episode because he was a um, needle phobic, yeah, um, and we wouldn't let him come back then until he'd addressed that problem. And he he spent uh, quite a lot of time actually going through a course. It was hypnotherapy, and, hypnotherapy, yeah. yeah, to be able to cure that issue. Uh, and it was cured. Not worth, not worth the risk. And we we counselled him. We discussed together about the plan and uh, um, and uh, he decided to go through a hypnotherapy uh, treatment, and it worked. For him. So, and when uh, he came back, he was absolutely fine. So this is the thing. So a customer came to you, and you could recognise that there was it wasn't the surgery that he needed. So you like lost money by, but that's like ethical. That's why I wanted yeah. to bring you on because yeah. all the time, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just red flag straight away when someone comes in. Yeah, uh, I it's think an, it's an assessment from. Yes, I mean, it's, uh, to be honest with you, I, I see this also as an extended practice to my medical practice because uh, also this is a medical practice, really. We are injecting uh, mm-hmm. in, in people's bodies. And uh, uh, so I take it very seriously from the point of view. So the income doesn't really matter. What matters is the person I'm looking after. And I see the, the, I call them patients. I don't call them clients or customers. They're not my customers. I'm not providing a pay per service. Mm. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm providing a medical treatment. And the medical treatment is to enhance some features that may make this person feel better about themselves, as we said earlier on today. So it's actually, it's a medical treatment. It's- and that's important, isn't it? Because we've, we've done the bad side of surgery. But the good thing is, is that I've got to be honest, when I've had a little bit of Botox, I feel, feel great. great. I feel yeah. like it's like a facial. And you guys do facials, don't you, yes, at, the, at the practice? Because there is a lot of time when I think basically we don't necessarily need anything. We just need our skin to feel refreshed. Or yeah. And there's there's one that, um, that facials that you do that um, is like planing the skin. Because yeah. when I was in, when I came to meet you guys, I met your mum. And she came out and she was glowing and she was so happy about this facial that so I think sometimes we just need a little bit of self-care. Yes. Self-care, wellness, well-being, just some downtime. Uh, stop worrying about the world and switch off. So while you're having that facial as well, shut your eyes, think of nice things, you know, forget what's going on around you. You don't always need your face to be injected or changed. It's just about downtime. And the same applies to also the medical treatment we provide, also to the injection treatment, because as I said, we spend a long time with our patient and that allows to have also a nice conversation that doesn't necessarily have to be fully medical of course at that point while we are doing the injections uh, and uh, we try to ensure that the relaxation occurs that the patient feels comfortable and to be honest with you quite a few people say to me actually I really enjoy the experience despite it being injections which are not the most pleasant thing of course in life so uh, I find when I've had Botox in the past and I don't uh, have it like regularly it's the one thing like we discussed this didn't didn't we because I don't need anything at the moment which is thank you guys for being kind (laughs) but um it it is true because I get 
I think that whole frozen face thing comes when women of a certain age, and I'm one of them, we panic. We, Especially if like you've been playing. I think about this with Marilyn because when she said, I want to grow old and be grateful for the face and, <laughs> that I've got, I said the same in my 20s. I, I really did because you're like, when I get older, I won't be like that. And then you get older and then you're like, oh, <laughs> where did you come from? And it's not to say so my mum would, would never have any Botox and fillers or anything. She likes her face the way it is. But my mum was never a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. Yeah. She was never held up as beauty. And what I and she is beautiful, but that wasn't her job. Her job was an academic. And I think with women that in this media that you see, you go, oh, what's she done to her face when they overdo it? It's because they're so beautiful. And as you get older, you feel, and people may listen to this and go, well, I think she's still beautiful without it. You may, but it's how she feels. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And, and, and when I've had Botox and I've got, I have two lines in the middle of my, you know, my brow. And I think a lot of women have that, but it's, sometimes it's your face shape and it helps to, you know, just soften that out. And it, 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 it helps with my job. So I think that with you guys, I get the feeling that if a woman in her 40s came to you, maybe a, who's on TV or a model, you would say, right now, you don't need it. But in about two months, come back and we'll maintain and, and maintain her beauty, but not change her to the point where when my mum watched somebody on the news and went, I couldn't stop looking at her face instead of hearing the news because it was overdone or maybe the surgeon was like, I want it. And the surgeon's like, okay. Whereas I get the feeling with you guys that you go, you know what? Come back in two months. Cause you wouldn't say to someone you don't need it. You're lovely the way you are. If they feel it and, it, and it's there, I know that I have a few crow's feet coming because I'm <laughs> in my forties. So how do you go about that? Do you, because obviously I, the reason I wanted you on this podcast, it's so refreshing to hear people. And I'm, I'm sure there's other surgeons like that, that do say to people, you, yes, you do need it. If you want it, you don't need anything in life, but if you need it, but wait. I think it's more about, yes, we can achieve that. It's not saying you need it, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's, okay, you want to soften those crow's feet. Yes, we can do that. Do you need it? Well, that's that's your choice. Your decision. Yeah. Uh, but again, exactly. And also, it's just taking the other person by hand and accompanying them in, in this path, which is done together, really, because... Uh, the relationship between uh, us and the patient is just a relationship. It's not just one way. It's not the patient coming asking for something we just inject and that will be it. It's actually something, a process that we do together. It's a decision-making process. It's the treatment. It's the post-treatment follow-up as well. Uh, it's the aftercare because, of course, it's very important very to important. give people advice about aftercare because treatment is only a little part of it. So you do the injections, but then people need to look after the injection sites to avoid infections, to avoid other problems. So we always provide aftercare advice and we're always available on our mobile 24-7 really to provide further advice if needed, which is what, what you need to do. It's, it's a relationship. That's interesting because I, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you should go to Turkey or the, and you get it for a quarter of the price. Right. And that's what people forget, the aftercare. For, for full disclosure, about 10, 12, 13 years ago, I had my boobs done and... Um, not done, implanted, whatever you want to done, done what? Um, I've got to be honest, Do would I do it now? No, I wouldn't. And that's a really funny thing with surgery is that at that time, 
mentally I wanted a new body so not a new complete body but I just wanted it was a, a relationship thing and I kind of wanted to have new boobs full disclosure I was like I want boobs that they haven't touched <laughs> yeah. but now looking back on it I knew that was you know I would have been quite happy with the boobs that I had but um one thing I did notice when I had that is because I had them done in the UK in a proper hospital I had a lot of aftercare I had a doctor a medical doctor I had, um, you know, a re I'm not saying I don't, I've not been to Turkey. I don't know that, but I know that if you don't live in Turkey, you can't really go up to the hospital in an hour. And, and that's, so, and that applies to even fillers or, or, yeah. or anything or Botox, because these are, you know, these are still medical procedures. Yeah. yeah. You really, really need to do your research. So for example, we are inundated uh, with WhatsApp messages, emails, whatever, uh, contact from Random filler numbers. dealers, uh, in inverted commas, asking us if we want to buy whatever for £20. And it's frightening. I mean, where where's this stuff coming from? Who are Which these people? It's way, 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 way cheaper than so the products is, that yeah. you actually buy is in medical, pharmacies. Like is plastic do. surgery not regulated? Because I heard that it's not a very well-regulated industry. Because it's like I never knew this about dog groomers, and this might shock some of you <laughs> to hear this. You do not have to be qualified as a dog groomer to groom a dog. No. So if you've All got, right. I know it's shocking, right? So I trained to be a dog groomer and they said, well, at least you're doing the training because you could set up as a dog groomer tomorrow. Yeah, and that dangerous. shocked me, yeah. right? Because I just automatically assumed when I went and took my dog in. So, um, you know, if, if you want your dog groomed, go to Absolutely Animals with Heidi, who trained me. She's the top groomer. She actually won it. She's a qualified groomer, and so are all her groomers. Because it frightened me. I thought, my God, my dog could have his ear cut off. So what about plastic surgery? How yeah, is that regulated? The surgical side is well regulated, the, the plastic surgery side. The, the non-surgical procedure side is a bit different. So Is that both and fillers? Though, yeah, non there are rules, uh, but clearly uh, there is a bit of an issue with the fillers because Botox is a prescription only medicine, so it can only be prescribed by medical doctors uh, or prescribers. So you can uh, become a qualified prescriber as a nurse, um, dentist can prescribe, so, but healthcare professionals who actually are qualified to prescribe. However, uh, fillers can be administered either as a prescription medication or not. Uh, and in that case, anyone could, in theory, buy a filler and inject it in anyone's face. Wow. Yeah, it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So when you're seeing all these deals, which actually are not allowed to be um, advertised, it's... Um... And to be entirely honest with you, <laughs> the fillers have far more complications on average than the Botox injections. Uh, so uh, that's the scary part of it. Because probably you should be everyone should be a bit more careful with the fillers. So if you hear someone saying, "I can give you filler for how how like how you can be honest, how much do you guys charge for fillers and Botox?" And then you can see a comparison to deals. Yeah, so if lips would be two fifty, um, cheeks, chin, that sort of area, three twenty, and then Botox starts at two hundred per area. Um, yeah, and I mean it's kind of comparable to the market in the area but when people are doing deals uh, you really need to do your research so if you want to know what we're using ask us it's your face we only buy from one particular pharmacist uh, and also we, level and also uh, another important thing for the for the uh, i mean of course the, the patients shouldn't be 
I don't expect patients to be experts of the products, but clearly, when you go and see someone, always ask to see what they're going to inject in your face. You want to see the package, you want to see if it looks all right, expiry date. And if they get know. upset about that, and, you don't want that person injecting Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you need to see what you're going to have, and you have the right to do so, uh, to ask. You need to know the product, also because... For other reasons, in the future, let's say you move abroad, you want to go and have the same product done by someone else, you don't even know what's injected you, which I find a bit shocking not to know what has been put inside your body. Mm-hmm. Not, you need to know the brand, the name, you can look it up, there is a lot of information on the internet on products, you can see whether it's something that you'd like to repeat in the future or not. So it's also for your own records and knowledge, it's not just for... Uh, uh, screening purposes, but definitely it's very important to check what is being yeah. injected in you. Well, guys, it's been so good to talk to you because um, obviously the, this 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 debate can run and run because I know people will be listening to this going, "My mom never had any surgery." We we know that she had it, and she actually had a, a chin implant, which was probably one of the first ever. Because do you do a lot of chin fillers for people? They want their chins? Occasionally, yes. Yes. The chin is is becoming increasingly popular over time. What is that about the chin? It's because of the... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know the size, really. It's always a matter of size. It's a balance between the lip size and the chin. Wow. And it's actually nose, lip, and chin. And uh, there is a, a ratio uh, for them if you look at the patient from the side. And uh, and some people are well aware that their chin is too small. Well, that's or, what Marilyn said, chinless. Is... And they would like to improve it. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy to think, because I look at pictures of her when she was young with uh, um, Andre de Dian's pictures. And you can, she does look different to the end of her life, but that's because she's, you know, 10 years older. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, it's just to me, I, I feel like I wish I'd met you guys if I was a young girl that was suddenly implanting everything because I do get worried about lip. I personally haven't had lip implants, but I do see a lot of girls now with them. We what, are completely what? against the, the trends um, for the duck lip. Massive, it's not massive. something that we do. We don't even want to put our name to something like that. Really? Just just discreet enhancements. Discreet enhancements, exactly. It. Discreet enhancements yeah. to improve the ratios. I said the balance between the upper and the lower lip, which may be uh, incorrecting some people, which is absolutely correctable with a filler, uh, so that it makes you feel fresher, feel better about yourself, but clearly without overdoing. So again. I want to say, these guys are not paying me for this. I just thought it was such a great um discussion to have because obviously a lot of people that follow Marilyn Monroe are quite vulnerable the reason they like Marilyn Monroe is because they might have experienced similar traumas to Marilyn or they identify with certain parts of her life and they will come up against the 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 talk of Marilyn Monroe and surgery and how you know when she had a chin implant her career seemed to take off or she changed her nose and they might think that about themselves so i thought this was a really important episode to discuss it because we are bombarded with surgery and not to pick on the kardashians but they are so famous and they're quite open about how much they've actually had done to them and i feel when i think about myself in my 20s how vulnerable i would have been to that sort of information and i probably would have gone and done my eyebrows, my lips, my nose, my hips, my butt, because they do everything. And like I said, I'm not picking on them. It's an, it's a known fact. It's quite They're quite open about it, which is quite refreshing than people that are not open about what they have done, mm-hmm. because at least you know that the, the, it, it has happened to them. But is there anything, because if any girls are thinking, oh, I want my lips done like the Kardashians, because, you know, Kim Kardashian is like a modern-day Marilyn in a way. 
um, I'm going to get people going to hate me for saying that, but what I mean by the fame and the of, of this image of beauty. But is there a danger to having that amount of surgery when you're that young? Example like lip implants. If you're 18, you have lip implants, or even Botox, because mm. isn't there a law coming in where they're going to stop? Absolutely, and that's actually yes. For uh, Botox will be only administered to, administer to people who are 18 or over. Uh, who needs Botox at 18? But, uh, who, who the thing is, we think. don't really see many 18-year-olds in our practice, do we? I haven't, I haven't seen anyone actually, no. which is excellent because, uh, of course, at that age you don't really need Botox. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> the skin is perfect. Already. I think if you look at the way that we advertise and do our marketing as well, we're, we're certainly not for. Um, men and women that are that age I think we're aiming for the kind of late 20s because plus. you do yeah. you do it's, it's discreet enhancements only and yeah. smooth and yes yeah. and that's the reason why we already have a selection criterion on our website on our when we promote ourselves so uh, if people read it carefully they know that they come and to us for a consultation and they just yeah, we don't do the before and after pictures if you look at our uh, Instagram and that's purely because our, our clients don't want uh, the patients don't want the before and afters putting up. They don't want people to know that they've had I've always something. thought they were quite weird, the before and afters. Yeah, and yeah. also, who wants to see lips that have got bits of blood on them? And well, that's just disgusting. Yeah. You want to see afterwards. It takes Even weeks for lips to go down. And doing surgery, open surgery uh, all the time. I don't like seeing pictures on the internet of surgery mm. procedures. I, I think sometimes think, I think it has a bit of bad taste. Yeah, sometimes... it is bad taste, but I just watched um, recently Katie Price, and I'm praying for her at the moment. I, I My heart breaks for her. Mm. Um, but I think her filming it, and I know the logic behind her filming it was because she is a, a she's made her name out of basically putting her life out there. Mm-hmm. But part of me was glad she did. Because it was so barbaric to watch. They had to cover it up. They couldn't even show it on Instagram. Yeah. It has to have a warning. And it's ironic that Katie Price was selling that for a TV show to make money. But at the same time, I think she may have saved a lot of girls. From actually having... Yeah. yeah. And I think I pray for her and I really hope she's okay and she gets well. Because um, I always say when you sell your soul to the devil, he sometimes wants paying. Right. And she's yeah. really struggling. Right. And I think everyone should be so kind to her because I've heard people say you've made your bed, you're lying it. This is the coldest thing to say about somebody when you can see they were struggling. But I'm glad she put her surgery out there because I'm gl- it was horrific to that's watch. A very good Absolutely. Point, no, that's a very yeah. good point. I completely mm. agree with this. Yeah. yeah. But again, it yeah. just emphasizes all of these things. It's not to be taken lightly, is it? No. Even a bit of Botox isn't to be taken lightly. Um, it's just a matter of understanding things and then making an informed consent process, which is yeah. the most important thing. You need to be fully informed in order to be able to give your consent to anything, which yeah. includes fillers and yeah. botox. And I did. And when I had my boobs done, <laughs> done, um, we'll say this to me, lips done, done. I don't know where done came from, but I literally did do that. And it was very expensive. And I'm glad I did. I've had no problems with them. You can't see the scarring. And it was worth the investment. So if you are going to do anything like that, Go to you guys, SE1 Aesthetics, because I would not be sitting here with you if I didn't meet you and go, wow, this is really needed in the world because you need people that, that you could go in and are going to say no. And when you guys say no, listen, because 
they're turning money away. It's a lot easier to go, yes. In, but yeah. you want people to go out. And when people go, and wow, you look you look great. And go, okay, I just had a little bit. And then they come to you. Because you don't advertise, do you? Don't You just go by client recommendation. And that's yeah. an Google authentic. Reviews, um, yeah. You have a look on there. We've had some fantastic comments. But it is all just based on actually very proud of those comments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very grateful to the patients who took the time to write them as well because uh, it's it's incredible. It's very nice. Yeah. People take a lot of time to write complaints nowadays, but not many spend time <laughs> to write so compliments. True. So I really appreciate the ones who wrote the compliments because they spend oh. some of their time for it, which is oh, really nice. As someone on Instagram, I know that the the nasty comments um, that they do come. But thank you guys so much for joining me. And yeah, they are se one aesthetics um, at se one aesthetics on uh, Instagram. Yeah, um, SE1 Medical Aesthetics. Um, we're on. Sorry, uh, that's all right. Oh, we're, we're on um, Bermondsey Street, halfway down Bermondsey Street, right near London Bridge. Uh, yeah, London Bridge. Follow, yeah. Yeah, London right. Bridge Tube. And if you have got anything, and like, it is one of those things as you get older, you go, oh, I'm never going to have anything. But, oh, you know, so go to these guys. And like I say, they really are not paying me. This is just oh, an informative. <laughs> this is an informative thing because I know a lot of listeners, a lot of male and female. I, I know what you've done. Just put it like that. I see your face, right? But jokes jokes aside, and I've been open to what I've um, had done. And I think, you know, if if you want to grow old gracefully, like Marilyn said, with the, the face you've been given, I pray you do grow old because that's a blessing. But if you do feel like, you know, I need a little perk up, these are the guys to go to because they will not do anything that, you really don't need who you think you do thank you guys and thank you for joining into my podcast and um we'll see you next time lots of love bye